Good afternoon. This is uh, Dwayne Lowry with a uh, uh, Sunday afternoon market commentary for uh, CropProductionScience.com. If you're interested in, in what I do on a daily basis, uh, check out that website, CropProductionScience.com. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to talk about here this afternoon in, in what order, but I do want to touch on a few things. I want to talk about the uh, Friday's report. I want to talk about the uh, uh, development or the uh, uh, of the U.S.-China trade talks, and I want to go on a little bit of a rant, um, talking about all of it and the current prices. Um, first, let's focus on uh, Sunday night here and what how the grain markets are going to open up. Uh, there will be a general expectation that will be lower. Um, I understand where that's coming from. Tr people will be looking at weather forecasts and say we're going to make planning progress this week. I think that's an accurate overall assessment. Um, some places will make planning progress uh, quicker than others. Some will have more days to plant than others. Um, some areas in the eastern part of the Midwest got rains uh, over the weekend. Um, might even have a little bit to experience yet this week. Uh, they're still trying to draw, dry out. Some of them have not even put anhydrous on yet. Um, so it's basically a given whether you're in the eastern or the western part of the Midwest, there will be a lot of acres planted after May 15th and probably a pretty sizable chunk planted after May 20th. If you want to look at national uh, planting progress uh, levels versus uh, average, uh, that storyline is a little bit deceptive because what you have is you have a lot of very key high produ producing acres that uh, this year are well below normal and it's uh, more dramatic if you look at it from that perspective than if you look at it from an overall national average. So this planning storyline I think is important. I think it's very difficult to justify an expectation here in early May that we're going to have corn yields that, that are basically at the top end of, of history and at the top end of yields seen in the last few years uh, when I think planting date significantly brings that into question. Uh, as far as soybeans are concerned, it's much more difficult to uh, attach a planting date to yield trends. Um, and I think that's kind of always been the case. But the difference here is over the last few years that we've had some exceptional bump in, in yields from where it had been for quite some time before that. Um, some of that credit for the better yields has, has been given to uh, earlier planting dates and farmers changing their mentality and their approach to how they plant uh, soybeans. Rather than maybe having one planter, they've made an investment to have two planters so they can plant them both early. They, they were driven to do that uh, by their own uh, yield tests that showed their early planted soybeans out yielded their later planted soybeans by you know several bushels an acre often. So a lot of them went, went ahead and made that investment for an additional uh, planting uh, tractor and planting planter. Uh, not everybody has done that, and uh, uh, but even the ones that have one planter have often here in the last year or two uh, chose to plant some soybeans first, then go to corn. However, this year with it now being the 12th day of May and people not getting uh, anywhere near enough uh, planting progress to date, uh, people are not going to focus on planting beans right now if they have one planter. They're going to plant corn until they get done and then they'll switch to beans. Um, so I think that it's, it's uh, not unreasonable to have some question about uh, national soybean yields when 
uh, we think we've gotten a boost on national yield averages based on early planted soybeans and this year we're not going to have that. So I think that that is something to consider. When you go back to Friday's report, USDA had plugged in 176 national yield in corn. Um, that means nothing in terms of why USDA chose 176. I think they just chose it as a starting point. It's no uh, uh, reference to anything they see in terms of planning date. They're not addressing that planning date one way or the, the other. They're not addressing weather, not they're addressing weather expectations. They're just picking a starting point based on what they see as, as probably a, a trend line yield type number. Um, so I think that the marketplace saw the bigger numbers with the larger acres, the larger carryout expectations, and ran with it initially as a knee-jerk reaction. But I think uh, over the next uh, few days, as the, the emotion wears off a little bit, that 176 national yield will be questioned. If you want to look at it from a perspective, what does it take to negate the negativity created by Friday's reports? And you want to try to take uh, into account all that negating process of all the negativity and translate it all into yield and not address anything about possible prevent plant acres going up or, or possible reduction in corn acres in general, but just going to try to, to uh, negate all of Friday's negativity solely in a national yield. You've got to get uh, the national yield down to about 171.3 given the demand that they have plugged in and that would create a scenario where you would have the third consecutive year of a declining carryout which would mean you'd have a 171.3 yield will produce uh, less corn than what our re current reduced de demand outlook will consume. So in perspective, you know, 171.3 yield um, is not that difficult to imagine. I mean, you can go back uh, and, and see last year we had 176.4, the year before 176.6, then 174.6. That's your last three years. And so to, to, when USDA projects 176, they're basically saying we're going to have another year where yields are plastered at, uh, up against the ceiling of the last three years of record yields. I think that's uh, a uh, stretch to believe that. It's more difficult to believe that than it is to believe that you might see five bushels taken off. If you go back uh, four years, you had a yield of uh, 174.6, and five years you had 168.4, six years back you had 171. Any of those are, are possible. I think it's interesting if you look at the planning dates, um, uh, the trade for tomorrow's report believes that we're going to have about 35% of the country's corn acres planted. Uh, I think that might be a little optimistic, but that's what the trade is expecting. Uh, even so, I think it's important to keep in mind that you have a lot of key high-producing acres that uh, will be uh, in, in key states that will be at a slower pace than 35%. Um, but if you're going back to these yields that I just rattled off over the last several years, planning progress for uh, a date uh, similar to tomorrow is been, would be the, over the last few years it would be we had a planning progress of 62%, 71%, 75%, 75% and 57%. That's the years from 2018 back to 2014. And we're expected to be 35% uh, 
uh, in tomorrow's report. So we're well below the average of the last four or five years and probably uh, half of what we've planted for pace in the last four or five years. And I think there's a strong historical correlation between planting dates and increased odds of a, uh, a reduction in yield because of planting dates. So when you throw all that together, uh, it's not unreasonable to think you could have a 171.3 or less national yield based solely on planting dates alone. So uh, I think that as the time goes by here, uh, it won't take very long and, and the, the narrative might focus less on Friday's reports and might focus more on the challenges faced in the growing year ahead to start at a disadvantage based on the planting date and still be able to, to achieve the yields that USDA had plugged into their reports on Friday. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, the uh, trade developments. Um, there's a, a lot of things that could be said ab about it. I think that as, uh, as I analyze the situation, the biggest thing that's frustrating is the fact that the White House and uh, Chinese officials all painted a very optimistic and rosy picture about progress being made over the last several weeks, uh, leading one to believe that you could get an agreement most at any time, and uh, all, only to find out that uh, it feels like we're almost back to square one. And uh, uh, everybody's at odds, and we, uh, uh, President Trump put out some tweets a week ago uh, last weekend, and uh, that were uh, pretty brazen if you were uh, looking at it from the perspective of, of the uh, Chinese. And yet China did come to the U.S. to uh, have negotiations again this, this past week. I personally see that as a statement that they really want a deal. But at the same token, uh, this weekend they released three basic conditions that they want to see before they uh, agree to a deal. And uh, um, one of them uh, was a complete removal of all you know, trade war related tariffs that were imposed by the U.S. Two, they want a, a reasonable level of targets for Chinese imports based on uh, uh, actual demand as opposed to based on on some uh, expectation of, uh, of a larger number just because from the U.S. perspective. And the last thing they wanted, they want some level of fairness and, and dignity for both sides in this report. And, I, and I, I think that's basically a translation that they want Trump to uh, stop uh, tweeting uh, bombastic tweets. And uh, that's going to be kind of difficult. Uh, right now, we've got in a situation where in order to get a deal, it feels like somebody's going to have to cave, at least cave a little. And, and uh, President Trump doesn't offer any indication that he's going to be the guy that uh, caves. The, uh, uh, the U.S. is in the process of preparing the uh, pathway for tariffs to be increased on everything that China uh, wants to ship to the U.S. And uh, there's going to be basically about a month for that to unfold before it happens. And so we got another month here where we have a chance of getting a deal. And if, not, if we don't get it in that time frame, then we're probably escalating this trade, uh, trade war to another level. And we're probably uh, would have to give up any hope of getting a deal. Uh, anytime soon, and that might mean not getting a deal till after the next election. In the meantime, it's hard to believe that we can't get a deal when both sides uh, want it, probably both sides needs it, and there's got to be a lot of very powerful business-connected people on both sides of the ocean that 
could uh, exert a lot of influence into the political arena to try to get that deal to come to pass. So I'm still optimistic that we're going to get a deal, but I'm very frustrated about the developments of the last week. Um, so uh, I guess that's the main things I wanted to talk about. I think from a farmer perspective, uh, there's nothing enticing current prices to make sales. Uh, I know it feels terrible. I know it feels he heavy. I know there's a lot of fear about just how cheap prices could get. But we had the same things uh, last uh, July and August, only to find out that that was the bottoms for the next several months. And prices staged much better rallies you know, into, during, and through harvest and even post-harvest than what most expected. And I'm not so sure we don't have a similar situa situation now. There's a The entire growing season is ahead of us. We have a lot of acres not planted, and the calendar is late enough that acres that get planted from here forward have a diminished likelihood of achieving the yields that uh, we've seen the last few years. And it only takes, uh, you know, four and a half, five bushels an acre less corn than what USDA has plugged in, which is basically a record yield or, or uh, near the record yield. And all of a sudden you have a third year of declining carryout situation. So yes, well, supplies are huge, but the demand base is huge also. At the end of the day, Mother Nature and the growing season is going to have a lot more to say about what this final chapter on, on the market prices for the 1920 growing season looks like. But at current prices, with all the growing season ahead, I think your best focus is on getting your crops planted and don't worry about the prices and come back and address those at another time. For CropProductionScience.com, this is Dwayne Lowry. Please check out my website and uh, take a look at uh, uh, what I offer on a daily basis. Thank you.